Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello. Welcome back. I'm Carl Mack. And this is Combat Chronicles. Who knows uh, what world we're currently living in because I've actually pre-recorded, edited and uh, uploaded this podcast a good week or so before it actually come out. Um, You might be listening to it and it might be uh, for a fight that isn't even happening because we recorded it and I say we, we'll get to that in a second, way before the fight. Um, And the reason is because I'm on holiday or vacation, as my friends on the other side of the Atlantic may say. Um, and this is pre-recorded, pre-edited, pre-uploaded, and I won't be touching it because I'm on vacation. Uh, much needed uh, due to what's going on in, in my own life and my own work outside of this uh, outside of this podcast. So if this fight gets called off, this podcast is still going up because I've not taken any... Uh, well, I'm not taking my laptop with me or anything that I could potentially do any editing on. And do you know what? Fuck it. It's a fun chat. So who cares if it goes out? Uh, you know, I don't know who won the title fight between Charles Oliveira and Islam Makachev. I might be really depressed um, and not want to do any uh, podcasting. So just be thankful that you can hear my voice as I'm away. Uh, hopefully going for some nice strolls in the English countryside. Uh, and I said we, uh, give up the game, and I'm sure the uh, podcast title would have done so anyway, but because I was uh, joined by the absolute delight, that is uh, Rob Tebbett, the head honcho of ID Boxing, uh, you may know him from Boxing Social as well, I'll let him give you the spill and the introduction in a minute, um, and we're talking about Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva, because fuck it, why not? Um, I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast over the last you know nearly a year, um, you'll know that I cover all sorts of shit. Be it uh, MMA, be it boxing, some kickboxing, a little bit of Muay Thai and now, more sort of reference Muay Thai that I used to watch rather than the uh, modern sport, but covered a couple of fights and uh, one championship and whatnot. Um, uh, and uh, a couple from, from Thailand, don't get me wrong. Uh, but, you know, it kind of covers two aspects of this podcast. We've got a boxing match between a YouTuber, an actual boxer now, Jake Paul, I'm happy to say. Uh, I'm. You know, as you'll hear in our rambling uh, discussion, um, well, that's no, pretty focused. But you know, a few few tangents here and there. Um, we do both rate Jake Paul to the extent of you know he can fight a bit, and you know he should be commended for doing so. Um, but it's a fight between essentially a novice boxer 
and a mixed martial arts legend. Now, if that isn't Combat Chronicles, I don't know what is. So, uh, without further ado, this intro has gone on way too long. Uh, it's boring. Uh, the chat isn't. So here is uh, Rob Tebbett. Uh, so as the intro said, I'm here with Rob Tebbett of ID Boxing, a man who should require no introduction whatsoever, but for some of you more MMA-orientated guys, and sorry, Rob, for saying that word, because I know you're a fan of the uh, the uh, cage fighting and whatnot, um, you might not be aware of his work and uh, of his new endeavour, ID Boxing. So, Rob, uh, kindly introduce yourself to the uh, listeners of Combat Chronicles. First and foremost, Carl, thanks very much for having me um, on Combat Chronicles. Uh, always a pleasure to catch up with you. But yes, you are very much right. I am Rob Tebbett of ID Boxing, uh, formerly of Boxing Social, among others. Um, so if you're a boxing fan, I would like to like to think you're probably familiar with my voice or my face, uh, probably more the voice than the face. Um, and if you're an MMA fan, I apologise because I'm not really an MMA enthusiast, as people who will follow me will know. But as I said, always a pleasure to to catch up with you, Kyle, and chop things up and looking forward to having a good chat. And yes, mate, and the topic is a weird one because, um, you know, as I say, anyone that follows us, I think uh, uh, regardless if anyone has got any particularly strong opinions, um, I think they would consider us serious boxing men. I think that's fair to say. And yet the uh, the uh, the fight which has brought us together for this particular episode, mate, is, uh, is a fucking oddball one. And it's uh, one which... I mentioned MMA because that's sort of where I'll come in on this side of the chat, I imagine. It's because we're talking about Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva. Now, Rob, you and I spoke about this privately, is why we decided to do this episode. Um, because I think we're pretty much in agreement that it's an intriguing fight. It certainly is. I'm fascinated by it. Um, and and I, you know, I, I don't feel any shame in saying that. I feel like it's um it's the latest step on the Jake Paul Roadshow, but this is a, this is a different type of uh, contest for him. We've seen him fight the likes of Tyrone Woodley and Ben Askren, who are of course MMA guys with a predominantly wrestling background. But this is somebody in Anderson Silva, from my very very limited knowledge of MMA, I know enough to know that this is a, an elite level striker, of course, among among other talents, but. You know, known uh, around the world really as as kind of a master of stand up, and we've seen him box. I mean, admittedly against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., um, who I think we can all kind of we we all have our opinions on him and the way his career has ultimately panned out. But once upon a time was a was a decent operator at world level. Of course, kind of snared himself a WBC title once upon a time. So yeah, I'm very intrigued by it. I, I feel like Anderson Silva, somebody who who has so much combat experience of of trading and and countering and staying. And you know, you, you've seen Ben Askren and you've seen Tyron Woodley, who of course have ha, have engaged in striking throughout their MMA careers. But often it's it's kind of with a view to getting a takedown, or a lot of their their stand up is predicated on the threat of the takedown, which isn't really the case here with Anderson Silva. So. While, of course, Father Time may well be against Anderson Silva, he's not a spring chicken anymore. You know, you would think he still, he still has more than enough left in his toolkit to be a problem for somebody who is still very much a novice. I feel like um, myself, and uh, I'm sure you'd agree, is, is still, you know, while still being impressed with, with whatever strides Jake Paul has made in a very, very short space of time as a boxer, he is still a raw novice. Um, he is, of course, trained very, very well. He's got every kind of facility available to him but because of his social media pulling he gets a lot of opportunities but this is i think his first real fight against somebody who has a has a, an extensive background 
in competing at the highest level with striking. So this is something that I'm very, very interested to see. And I wasn't really, I haven't really been massively interested in Jake Paul's other fights to this, to this point, um, with all due respect to him. Just feel like they have been somewhat of a, you know, a sideshow. Whereas this, I feel, is, is a fight that carries a lot of risk for him. Interestingly, Rob, and we will get to the fight in a minute. I just want to sort of touch on the uh, other sort of MMA opponents. I think the first one was uh, Nate Robinson, obviously. It was not a, a boxer. I think he fought someone else. It must have been a YouTuber, I imagine, on a, on a Logan Paul undercard. Um, like you, mate, was not particularly fussed at that point. Um, ben Askren, uh, with all due respect, uh, what you said about the striking and the takedown, Ben Askren would uh, would beat me up in a fight, 100%. But um, you remember those... Uh, videos that were really popular in the advent, uh, sort of early advent of YouTube with the worst boxer ever. You'd see these horrific journeymen, that are, not even journeymen, but like club fighters that had never had a scrap. Ben Askren, in terms of striking only, would be worse than those guys. Um, Woodley, yes, uh, national uh, champion, I think, or Division One wrestler, um, a banger in MMA, um, somewhat uh, one-dimensional as a striker, natural counter-puncher, uh, not regularly able to uh, create his own offence. Uh, Nonito Donaire, he was not as a uh, counter-puncher, um, but still uh, powerful, uh, good right hand, uh, quality athlete, um, long in the tooth at that stage. But I think what we want to get a point across is, um, yes, Jay Paul, raw novice. Um, raw novices, regardless of their innate natural uh, athletic ability, they don't knock out former UFC champions who have got uh, a modicum of stand-up ability. As I say, not Ben Askren, Tyron Woodley. Um, so I have been somewhat impressed um, with his recent bounce. He's clearly got some uh, actual uh, ability, uh, athletic ability, good timing, uh, good a good eye for the uh, the, the uh, small gaps that you actually get to pull off uh, knockouts like the one we saw in his last fight. So I've been steadily impressed. Um wasn't really buying into the circus. I, mate, with all due respect, Rob, you and I are probably of a similar age and uh, YouTuber culture is not something, even though obviously you've made your back off it, uh, made a career off it yourself now, um, but it's not uh, something that I'm particularly invested in outside of a, a couple of accounts. The, the young guys that go around making cunts for themselves, not really my bag, mate. Uh, might might uh, come as some surprise to you. Um, so wasn't really invested in the, the Paul Brothers show, but um, yeah, he's won me over, mate. I was interested to see what you think of uh, of of what you've seen. Obviously, in the last fight, um, as we've already said, measuring stick, Tyron Woodley, not a great one for a boxer, but for a novice fighter, what have you seen? What do you like? Yeah, I think it's important to point out the fact that while I while I did say, and I, I do still say that we've not really seen him tested against somebody who's kind of striking or boxing is, is their kind of their their first foot forward, so to speak. I think he has improved. I mean, you're going to improve when you have access to the type of facilities that he does, the type of coaching he does. It's very rare that you'll get, unless you're an elite level amateur, somebody who can dedicate solely the first, I don't know, it's probably been three or four years now of his career with no amateur background solely to the craft. And that, of course, comes from the fact that he's, he's very wealthy in other areas. So, in you know, naturally, you're going to improve in that period of time. He, he has access to sparring partners. He has access to SNC. He has access to, well, fight dates. He's able to fight and perform under the spotlights and in front of, depending on what numbers you believe, it could either be millions or hundreds of thousands or whatever on pay-per-view. So, Having those experiences in, in three or four years or so as a, as a professional, admittedly still a novice, he's going to improve. And, you know, while um, 
while he's yet to face somebody who I say is is a striker first foot forward, he has up to the levels from, you know, I mean, the first fight. So Anison Gibb was his first fight. It was actually on AM. It was Demetrius Andrade Luke Keeler undercard. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So he made his debut there. And then I think his next fight was against Nate Robinson, who was a basketball player. So he went from YouTuber to basketball player. So then, okay, Ben Askren, not a uh, not a striker, uh, far from it, a wrestler. And then from there, so, you know, so he's, he has kind of slowly, or admittedly not in the, the kind of conventional way, but I don't think there is anything conventional about YouTube boxing or certainly not about Jake Paul. He has up the levels, and I feel like he's doing so again here with Anderson Silva. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I've... I've he can clearly punch. I mean, he can clearly punch because you, you don't, as you say, lay out somebody with the type of, okay, not striking, um, not, certainly not his forte, but the, the type of MMA and, and combat sports experience of a Tyrone Woodley unless you can punch a little bit. Um, and he clearly can. The big problem for him, um, and this was something that I noticed in the first Tyrone Woodley fight, is when somebody comes forward and puts him under pressure. Uh, it's very, very difficult to... You can box on the back foot if you elect to and you can control the pace, but if somebody's putting putting you onto the back foot and making you work at a pace that you're not accustomed to, then that's that's something completely different. And I feel that's where Anderson Silva may try and get his success in this fight. I feel like Jake Paul has had a lot of things kind of his own way as a pro, as you will do, by being a, a massive A-side like he is. Uh, the first Tyron Woodley fight, I felt like Woodley was able to to pressure him on the front foot without really doing an awful lot. And I felt like in the middle rounds of that fight, you saw Jake Paul blowing a little bit. And towards the end of the fight, you know, he was he was knackered. Um, so that type of experience. But having said that, he'll be all the better for, for that, for going through that experience. So I feel like he has shown some improvements, but I do feel like this is a, a different type of test for him, which is one of the reasons why it's piqued my interest so much. Yeah, I think uh, it's fact matter is that, you know, you said earlier about uh, Anderson Silva's striking credentials, uh, even though he's, what, 46, 47 now, Silva, maybe older. Um, he's actually also the first guy we've seen who's actually more like Jake Paul's size. Even though Tyron Woodley and Ben Askren used to cut weight to make 170, I think uh, Jake Paul, he looks like a good, solid 190. I think this fight's going to be like 187 or something like that. Um, which Silver hasn't made for a little while, but I'm sure he'll be fine. Um, but you know, he's six foot one and a half, six two Silver. He's fought a lot of guys that are um that are larger than him. You know, he's fought guys in the UFC that were cutting down to two oh five, big lumps, big lummoxes really. And uh, Jake Paul is a bit of a lummox, even though as I said, he has got some athletic ability. Um there are times where he'll fall forward with both hands down what his waist. There are times where he'll kind of overextend, fall in. That's the kind of thing you would think someone like Anderson Silva, who's an expert counterpuncher, long in the tooth, don't get me wrong, and your reflexes are the first thing to go. It's your power that goes last, as we all know. He's still seen, though, Anderson Silva, pretty good against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. We mentioned it earlier. Um, he's had a bit of an erratic career. Um, he sort of seems to have a bit about him in that fight. Um, but Silva... You mentioned Jake Paul getting tired. Absolutely agree. There were times where he's fallen in the clinches in both Woodley fights. Uh, seemed pretty easy to manoeuvre there. Um, don't get me wrong. There were times where he sort of throw a left foot from way too far out and be in no man's land. That's the kind of thing that Silva, with his uppercut counters and his straight punches, is going to punish. But most importantly, as I say, about the wind, Silva looked to do the eight threes against Chavez Jr. really quite easily. Um, just that sort of experience, 
uh, just your ring experience. He's not going to get tired. He seemed fine on the inside. You mentioned pushing him back. There were times where he pushed Chavez Jr. back with feints, level changes, able to uh, get him to concede ground. You mentioned Jake Paul getting pushed back. That's where you really see his defensive reaction suffer. Um, hands go high, seems jittery, seems easy to move around. Um, it's not hard to envision Silver really making a bit of a mug of him. But we get to the fight itself because I looked at BoxRec a minute ago, listed as an exhibition. It says Pro Belt on there, says eight frees. Do we think this is a move around or is this an actual legitimate fight? Reason for the exhibition moniker? Is it just because of Silver's age? Hard to license? Not sure. I'm not too sure, to be honest. Um, we waste our time think... here, Rob, sort of analysing a fight that's going to be just a jovial mess around. No, I think I think even if it's even if it is a professional bout, I mean, it, it, it is a professional bout with with kind of a, an exhibition vibe to it. I mean, naturally, it's going to be. You've got a YouTuber, a former Disney guy, against a you know forty six, forty seven year old ex MMA guy. But yeah, I'm not quite sure as to the reasons why. I read that um, Anderson Silva wanted to do a, a kickboxing exhibition afterwards as well, and whether or not it's, it is a pro fight or an exhibition fight, I think he's. You know, he's the type of competitor and you don't compete at the top level of any industry, certainly in combat sports as he has, if you're going to be willing to roll over for somebody like Jake Paul with respect to him. Um, just want to go back on what, what you were saying there. You made some very good points about Anderson Silva's experience. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why look, I think he's the type of guy because he's so relaxed and he's so languid and so loose. He's not going to tense up. If Jake Paul's throwing punches at him, he's not going to you know shit the bed. He's not going to be somebody who who burns up nervous energy and nervous tension. Um, and that's something that you just can't train for and you can't get that type of experience in the short space of time that Jake Paul's had. But um, yeah, going back to um, whether or not it's an exhibition, whether or not it's a pro fight, I'm not sure it really matters, I have to say. Um, I, I, I feel that, you know, Anderson Silva's not going to be somebody who has 30 pro boxing matches. I don't think Jake Paul is either, despite what he says. I feel like whether it's a pro fight or an exhibition, I feel they'll both take it as seriously as, as the other way around. I mean, that is seriously. I, I don't think Anderson Silva, when you've achieved what he's achieved in the sport, is going to be want to be knocked out like Tyron Woodley was at the hands of somebody like Jake Paul. And on the flip side, Jake Paul... I think while he gives off this impression sometimes as kind of, I know he rubs some people up the wrong way. He's clearly very intelligent. He's clearly didn't get to where he's got to in life and, and, and obviously in a short space of time in boxing by being a complete fool, despite what some people would like to think of him. And I think him and the people around him will look at Anderson Silver and understand what he's achieved in MMA and also in a, a couple of boxing exhibitions and think this is a serious test. So I feel like they'll both be taking it very, very seriously whether it's a pro fight or an exhibition. I would like it to be a pro fight. I mean, because that's, you know, it's kind of what we tune in for, of course. But I'm not sure it makes a, a massive deal of difference if it's not. Yeah, I'm open for a scrap, mate. I think it's interesting uh, from a stylistic point of view. As I say, it really is, as you've touched on earlier, it's the first time we're going to see Jake Paul in a legitimate, serious fight. And again, not to denigrate the fight of Woodley, I've fair play to him, you know what I mean? That was a legitimate knockout, an absolute banger of a knockout. Um, and against a fighter who, regardless of my issues with Woodley's um, previous sort of uh, fighting style and his output and where he was at that uh, time in his career, vastly more experience and a, and a legitimate knockout artist himself. So, um, you know, as I say, all power to Jake Paul for that. I do think if this is a legit fight, uh, I'm going to get into the nitty gritty now. I think he's bitten off more than he can chew. I do think that 
based on what we saw. And hey, Chavez Jr., a glutton, a mess, waste of time, uh, lackadaisical in the ring, uh, famously lackadaisical outside of the ring, but a legitimate world-level operator at one point, a guy who was able to be, who was good enough to knock down a top five pound-for-pounder and a Sergio Martinez in, in, you know, a fight which, you know, he was losing handily, which shows, you know, just serious guts and and, and the ability to, uh, you know, fight with his back against the wall. Not a guy that's... Yeah, he's rolled over at times, don't get me wrong. Not a guy that's always rolled over. A guy that legitimately proved himself a world-class fighter um, and really couldn't get much going against Silva. So, you know, that what we say about innate time and experience, the ability to get shots off, um, he didn't, didn't really have much going for him in that fight, Chavez Jr. So I do think, you know, Silva's got the goods. Um, uh, yes, there's a chance that a younger man might just clobber him. Uh, but even in his knockout losses, Silva's not really in, in his post-prime. He's not to suddenly become a you know a chinny mess of an old bloke like Roy Jones Jr., who's this great idol and a fighter that he's been trying to make for years. He's, he never really became that. Um, so I'm not so sure that Jake Paul's going to, as I say, good timing, good eye for things, but against a bit of a defensive savant like Anderson Silva, for me, don't really see it. I think Silva could probably... Uh, sort of take the mick out of him in first gear for the for the eight threes. Uh, not sure what you think, Rob, in terms of obviously you watched the Silva um, Chavez bout. Sure, you've seen plenty of highlights of uh, Silva over the years. The Tito Ortiz one is one that I've not really mentioned because there's a guy who was never really known for striking and is more known nowadays for being a uh, sort of idiotic political figure than a legitimate fighter. But needless to say, again, nice aesthetically pleasing KO. Showed good timing. Um, if Paul runs in like that, I think he could get taken out. But, you know, based on what you know of Silva, how do you see it going, mate? Yeah, I think it's... Um, for, I'm speaking from a strictly boxing perspective, which is, you know, the the, the exhibition bouts that I have watched of, of Anderson Silva, most notably, of course, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., who, of course, also has a knockout win over Andy Lee. Um, which is, you know, okay, once upon a time when he was making middleweight and, you know, a lot of water under the bridge since then, maybe not water, maybe tequila or whatever he's been up to, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. But yeah, Anderson Silva, you know, he boxed, he looked like he was in sort of second gear when he outboxed Chavez Jr. Um, And, you know, despite his his kind of misdemeanors and repeated offences over the years, you would think that he still has enough schooling and still has enough experience to... To, you know, prove some kind of threat, you know, arguably more so than Jake Paul in some people's eyes. And I feel like it's going to be the the big factor here is he's going to, Jake Paul's going to be going in with somebody who's not scared of his punching power at all. Not at all, because he's been in there, he's seen it and done it, MMA, boxing, however you want it, kickboxing. You know, he's, you can't account for that level of experience. And with Jake Paul, with his kind of, the threat of the punching power because he is a big unit and he does get good leverage in that right hand. If he can't land it and he's loading up and Silver's clowning him and he's just making him miss by millimeters and look, okay, his, his reflexes are not going to be what they were even five years ago, let alone 15 years ago, Anderson Silver. But he's still going to be able to think moves ahead of, of somebody like Jake Paul. He still has a natural instinct for, for combat sports and stand up that Jake Paul just cannot replicate it's impossible there is no way to have done it in a short space of time as you rightly say being the younger man and and kind of not knowing really the full extent of anderson silver's kind of capabilities at this stage of his career there is of course the chance that jake paul catches him with a shot on top of the head or, or maybe anderson silver's pulling out and he pulls out with his chin in the air and he's just not quite as quick as he once was 
But you would think that that's really Jake Paul's only shot. I feel like if this fight goes eight eight threes, I can only see one winner personally because of the natural experience and knowing how to manage a fight. That's one of the things that I felt that Jake Paul really showed that he, he couldn't quite do in that first Woodley fight. Admittedly, he got the decision, but I feel like that was probably, and I know you, you touched upon it there from his MMA career, it was probably more to do with the what Tyron Woodley didn't do in that first fight than what Jake Paul did do. And I feel like what Jake Paul didn't do was manage the fight. He was winning rounds, but rather than win a round and think, oh, I haven't done the rounds before, let me just take a, let me take a breather here and a breather there. He kind of went all out for three rounds, loading up on big shots, and then was pretty much there to be taken out for the rest of the fight. Unfortunately for Woodley, he didn't do it. The rematch happened, a short notice, got knocked out, whatever. Whereas Anderson Silver, I think he knows enough and he's experienced enough that he's going to be able to win rounds without overexerting himself and knowing how much he's got left in the tank. He's experienced enough. He knows enough about his own body and where he's at in his stage of his career to know when he's going to need to push the fight, when he's not going to be able to. He's going to know and be able to read what Jake Paul is, is doing, how his gas tank is. Just these little kind of crafty tricks and things that you learn throughout the years of, of, of combat sports, knowing when somebody's trying to take a breather and putting it on them. And I feel like that's where you're going to get a lot of success from, from Anderson Silver. It's just kind of playing with the tempo of the fight, which is something that he would have learned throughout years and years and rounds and rounds of experience where Jake Paul doesn't have that. It's not to say that he won't get knocked out in the seventh round or the last minute of the eighth round, but I do expect if the fight goes eight rounds, I do expect Anderson Silva to win. Yeah, and I mean, um, you know, speaking about, again, Woodley's sort of inherent uh, passivity, which he's always had. He's a low output, natural counterpuncher. Like it's a coast through fights. Um, and Jake Paul was tired uh, in both fights. Um, he pulled that knocker out of his ass in the second one, but he had moments where he'd look uh, ragged. Um, you know, you think about that and uh, you think about, um, sort of, as you say, Silver's ability to up the tempo, slow it down. What Silver does really well, goad you on to offer his chin as, as a target, get you to miss shots, get you wound up, get you burning nervous energy. He loves all that. He loves turning a man. I mean, anyone who's been in the ring and had a sort of move around knows if you're, if you're not fighting at the pace and range that you're trying to set, it just instantly knackers you out. It's a really tiring thing. It's the kind of thing that being there of Anderson Silva is an easy thing to tire you out. Rob, in all my years of um, talking to Yanks and all my years of betting on fights, I still don't know what their odds mean. But I do know that Jake Paul is a minus 125 favourite, um, which is what? One or two on oh, or something? I don't know. How does that work? Oh, you, God, do you know? I'm, no idea. You've been in Vegas more than I have, mate. I thought you'd know. You I know. But I, I only ever bet. I don't ever bet in the sports book. In okay, let me just check. I'm going to Google it for you. I think it's five to two on, but let me just check. Oh, fractional odds. Yeah, I bet I'm terrible with stuff like that. I like fractional odds only. This is quality podcasting here, mate. Top quality <laughs> podcasting. It's me. Don't know what I'm on about. And you're googling it. Yeah, I think I think it's five to two on. But anyway, um, the, the, the is the question. Am I surprised that he's a favourite? Yeah, that's the question. I don't, I don't really get it. Uh, no, because I do like we, we, you know, we've both been kind of covering combat sports uh, for long enough to know that there are house fighters. There are somebody, you know, there are fighters who bring the money, and in this instance, Jake Paul brings the money. So, am I surprised that he's a favourite? No, should he be? No, I don't think so either. So, yeah, I mean, I'll be betting silver for the fight because I think the value will certainly be there for him. The draw, but... the value might be on the draw, Rob. 
Valley that's a good shout as well that is a good shout do Um, it again do it again everyone no one comes out upset do it again later um you know Drake Paul might lose every round and they might give him a draw maybe that's a value I rarely rarely tip that and this is kind of weird freak show situation when it might actually be a thing yeah, I mean, it could be, um, but I do expect look, if it's an eight-rounder and Anderson Silva wins 5-3 and there's a couple of close rounds in there, then I don't expect him to get it. And that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Um, I think that Jake Paul will be given the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the scoring. Um, but having said that, with the way in which the stars are going to blend together, I expect Anderson Silva and the way that he, you know, he has competed over the years to really, at times... I mean, you made reference to it earlier on there, making a mug of him. I feel like there'll be some times where Jake Paul looks really, really, really awkward in this fight. And I feel like that could, you know, swing the judging or swing the favour in, in in Anderson Silva's direction purely because he's, you know, there's ways and means of winning rounds. And if you're clowning somebody to the point where you're walking them into shots, you're turning them, you, you've got your hands down, you're standing in range, and, you know, you can't really win rounds clearer than that. So... Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that Jake Paul is the betting favourite being the younger man, you know, the more experienced boxer. I, I guess you could say in some in, in some instances, certainly had more pro boxing bouts um, and will get the rub of the green when it comes to the scorecard. So I'm not surprised, but I don't agree with it, if that makes sense. Says it, most valuable promotions. That's his own firm, right? Yep. So if his own firm's putting the show on, then, you know, yeah. Maybe that's why they got to be under exhibition status. I think previously worked with Triller, so maybe Triller were putting on the show before. Not sure if that's still the case with their business. It'll be demons. Showtime. Okay, this one will be Showtime. So yeah, maybe that's how they're getting around that. Not really sure, mate. Um, as I said, maybe that's why it's an exhibition. Uh, that kind of shit for this sort of fight, not the kind of thing I'm interested in. I'm sure you're exactly the same. So I think yeah. we're basically on the on the same path in terms of thinking that um. Silver's going to piss it, um, but still intriguing. As I say, two boxing men chatting about what is essentially a freak show fight between a novice YouTuber and an old mixed martial artist. How odd that that's brought us together, mate. Um, I hope this content was uh, interesting for those listening, but uh, for those listening, as I say, my podcast is quite niche, but uh, they should have heard of yours. If they haven't, mate, where can they find this uh, exciting new endeavour? Tell us all about your socials and that, as the kids say, and... uh, uh, what what sort of content should they be looking out for? Very kind of you to give me the opportunity to plug, and I will take that. Um, yeah, it's ID Boxing at ID Boxing News on all social media platforms. ID Boxing on YouTube. Um, we kind of cover the day to day of boxing, as you know. Uh, sort of standard, I guess, talking head interviews from press conferences and events. We also have podcasts, live shows. Uh, we're only, I think, we're three months in on the 25th. So we're still very much new. Obviously I've, I've been around the sport for, for a few years now. And I feel like this is kind of this, this is going to be my kind of, well, I'm most known for, for, for the work that I did at boxing social over kind of four years or so. I feel like this is now going to be what I want, what I want my legacy, I guess, if you, if you want to call it as that ID boxing over the next, I'm looking over the next 20 or 30 years, what I want to, what I want this business to be like. I want to provide boxing content for everybody, whether it's your hardcore boxing fans talking about the light flies and the flyweights or your most casual of sports fans, not even boxing fans talking about heavyweight boxing or just a little bit of, you know, a, a little bit of storytelling. As you all know, combat sports, athletes, boxers, MMA fighters, whoever, 
quite often have a very a very interesting backstory and i want to move away from kind of the the traditional means of storytelling when it comes to boxing um and offer something for everybody and offer features and offer yeah a little bit of something for everybody is is what we're trying to give people at id boxing um and i, I feel that we've we've shown you know uh, that in the, in a very short space of time and and looking forward to doing more of it moving forward so yeah thanks very much for for having me and giving me the opportunity to plug what we're doing um and yeah i hope that everybody listening to this has found this as as interesting as i find the fight i mean i i have to say like i'm, I'm certainly not one of these people who kind of derides and poo-poos things because it's you know I, I i'm similar to you i think kyle in a sense of i'm you know i, I do prefer the more pure aspect of, of, of the sport of course um but you know we are all combat sports fans and when it comes to having a fight and watching a fight if something you know two donkeys make a derby and that's not me being uh disrespectful to jake paul and anderson silver but it is a on the surface of things i mean we may prove to be wrong a very interestingly matched fight and i look forward to seeing how it plays out i would suggest mate that sometimes it's just good to watch a scrap some scraps they're not all equal but sometimes it's good something like this is you know, it's going to be the tension, it's going to be the sort of oddball nature of the fight and sort of figuring out, you know, how's it looking? It just sort of, something like this, it's just like not really knowing how it's going to look. That's the intriguing uh, part of it. Um, but, mate, I really appreciate you on. And as I say, I wouldn't don't really tend to have guests on, only people that I talk to regularly and, you know, people that I think can offer something to the discussion, do something very niche here at Combat Chronicles, you know, covering all major combat sports as in-depth as possible with long-form content and whatnot. Um, so the content you put out so far, mate, it's been a shit art, it really has. So, and I've pretty, pretty much uh, sure I told you that on day one, I was like, fucking hell, mate, you've really hit the ground running with this project. So for anyone that listens to Combat Chronicles for boxing, because I guarantee you, mate, there's people that listen to each episode, they'll skip forward to the sport they like, and they're, or they'll stop as soon as I stop talking about boxing because I cover all, all, all combat sports on every single episode, really, which is quite unique, I think, for 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 a sort of a for a fighting podcast. Or at least I try to uh, sort of bring that sort of unique blend to it. If the guys that are listening like the boxing, follow you on all the socials. As I say, the content's cracking, and uh, mate, luckily boxing, you and I have been covering it for years. Actually, looking like it's going all right, mate. So there's plenty for you to cover, and uh, plenty of intriguing fights coming up. So uh, yeah follow uh, everything you're doing and uh, hopefully uh, after I've given you a chance to plug to my small and modest listenership, you'll uh, tweet out this podcast to your much larger and uh, sort of bigger uh, uh, sort of fandom yourself, mate, and then get this out there. So, uh, mate, thanks for coming on, Rob. Appreciate you taking the time on this uh, cold, cold Wednesday night in Stoke and uh, sound as pound, mate. Thanks very much for having me, Carl. Big up the Combat Chronicles every time. And of course, I'd be more than happy to plug this across everybody. If you're listening, hit that subscribe, hit that follow button for more Combat Chronicles content. And we look forward to catching up with you soon. Thank you, brother. Take it easy, Rob. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So there was that, uh, a conversation about a fight that might not actually happen because, as I say, uh, I'm in the, not the wilderness, but the countryside, and my missus has given me strict instructions to... Uh, keep the phone off. Um, as I record this, those are the instructions. You might have seen me on Twitter all week, uh, maybe because I'm a terrible and uh, not very attentive partner, uh, maybe because we've had a blazing row, who knows? Maybe I've chewed our ear off about how excited I am uh, for this Jake Paul versus Anderson Silver fight. And I stand by it, I think it's a really intriguing fight, um, stylistically, and just to sort of, I just don't know how it's going to look. That's somewhat. I think that's interesting about a fight. Sometimes we've got great reads on fights and we know how it's going to mesh. We know what it's going to look like. For this, I've really got a great grasp of it um, because, you know, Silver's an aging mixed martial artist. Jake Paul has been, as Rob said more than once in the podcast, he's got all the resources available to him uh, to train constantly and he might well have improved. He might be able to show us some new wrinkles to him, to his game. So, um, what's Jake Paul? 5-0 and versus Anson Silver is like 3-1. and um, one thing I never mentioned about Silver in the podcast, a couple of things. I never got back to Rob about the point about Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. beating Andy Lee. Andy Lee um, wanted to comment on it as Rob was talking, but I forgot. We always talk about great bangers. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, or a week or so ago, I did the podcast about Deontay Wilder. Andy Lee was a hellacious banger. Uh, and Martinez was, Sergio Martinez, who I spoke about earlier, was a quality puncher as well. Chavez Jr. in his prime, uh, mainly because he was a humongous weight cutter. Um, big sturdy lad immense chin really immense chin um, took some good shots from silver and all um, uh, not that he didn't get you know hurt in his career or, or stopped or anything you know once he moved up up, up in weight um, but you know in his prime really really stout fella uh, strong and uh, that's why you knew he wasn't a fraud um, because there was accusations leveled him of that um, but what I wanted to talk about and I forgot to mention was back in the day when Silver was in his prime one of the, the only sort of uh, boxing clip you can get of him was doing an alley shuffle and getting jabbed by a journeyman so uh, yeah um, he's come on leaps and bounds himself he's always wanted a box we know it um, he's now doing it and uh, we'll see how he gets on against Jake Paul hopefully you enjoyed this uh, uh, this podcast and this chat and this bit of content I know you might look at it drop into your podcast feed and go what? Why is Kyle doing a fight about Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva? This is Combat Chronicles, baby. This is a good fucking episode. It's an interesting fight to talk about. Um, yeah, as I say, check out Rob's stuff. ID Boxing are just industry leaders, in my opinion, in what they're doing for the content. I mean, 
when it comes to boxing fight weeks, they really get amped up. Rob takes no prisoners either. You will see him call out uh, sort of boxers and promoters, um, and he doesn't put them in none of their shit. So if you want to see proper, solid, objective journalism, um, ID Boxing's where it's at. Great roster of talent and uh, bringing great content. Uh, speaking of great content, though, um, God to Pride One is not out yet. I know that even. Uh, in the future, um, it's coming. It's coming. Uh, for anyone listening to the Miguel Torres documentary, um, you know that it's worth it um, in terms of the weight because I try and bring you the best content possible. I'm not going to give it to you half baked. Um, if if you're listening to this and going, what what Miguel Torres documentary? Sign up to the Patreon www.patreon.com/combatchronicles. Check that out. I'm reliably informed by the uh, listeners that it's uh, pretty good stuff. Uh, until I'm back from holiday, don't know when the next episode's going to be. As I say, this one will drop in midweek, uh, not long after the UFC 280 episode. Um, I even know that, even though it's the future. I know that's a fact. Um, so, yeah, uh, check the Patreon out. Hopefully you enjoyed this one. Hit me up on Twitter, at CombatCR. Let me know what you thought of it. And hopefully, regardless of what's happened this week, we'll be chatting soon about how the fight between Jake Paul and Anderson Silva actually went. So... Yeah, peace out everyone and uh, be speaking to you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.